Chapter six of Told in the Coffee House by Cyrus Adler and Alan Ramsey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter six How Chapkin Halit became chief detective. In Balata there lived, some years ago, two scapegoats called Chapkin Halit and Pitch Osman these two young rascals lived by their wits and at the expense of their neighbours but they often had to lament the ever-increasing difficulties they encountered in procuring the few piastres they needed daily for bread and the tavern they had tried several schemes in their own neighbourhood with exceptionally poor results and were almost disheartened when chapkin halit conceived an idea that seemed to offer every chance of success he explained to his chum osman that balata was played out at least for a time and that they must go elsewhere to satisfy their needs halit's plan was to go to stamboul and feign death in the principal street while osman was to collect the funeral expenses of his friend halit arriving in stamboul halit stretched himself on his back on the pavement and covered his face with an old sack while osman sat himself down beside the supposed corpse and every now and then bewailed the hard fate of the stranger who had met with death on the first day of his arrival the corpse prompted osman whenever the coast was clear and the touching tale told by osman soon brought contributions for the burial of the stranger osman had collected about thirty piastres and halit was seriously thinking of a resurrection but was prevented by the passing of the grand vizier who upon inquiring why the man lay on the ground in that fashion was told that he was a stranger who had died in the street the grand vizier thereupon gave instructions to an imam who happened to be at hand to bury the stranger and come for the money to the sublime port halit was reverently carried off to the mosque and osman thought that it was time to leave the corpse to take care of itself the imam laid halit on the marble floor and prepared to wash him prior to interment he had taken off his turban and long cloak and got ready the water when he remembered that he had no soap and immediately went out to purchase some no sooner had the imam disappeared than halit jumped up and donning the imam's turban and long cloak repaired to the sublime port here he asked admittance to the grand vizier but this request was not granted until he told the nature of his business halit said he was the imam who in compliance with the verbal instructions received from his highness had buried a stranger and that he had come for payment the grand vizier sent five gold pieces twenty piastres each to the supposed imam and halit made off as fast as possible 
no sooner had halid departed than the cloakless imam arrived in breathless haste and explained that he was the imam who had received instructions from the grand vizier to bury a stranger but that the supposed corpse had disappeared and so had his cloak and turban witnesses proved this man to be the bona fide imam of the quarter and the grand vizier gave orders to his chief detective to capture within three days on pain of death and bring to the sublime port this fearless evil-doer the chief detective was soon on the track of halid but the latter was on the keen lookout with the aid of the money he had received from the grand vizier to defray his burial expenses he successfully evaded the clutches of the chief detective who was greatly put about at being thus frustrated on the second day he again got scent of halid and determined to follow him till an opportunity offered for his capture halid knew that he was followed and divined the intentions of his pursuer as he was passing a pharmacy he noticed there several young men so he entered and explained in jewish spanish one of his accomplishments to the jew druggist as he handed him one of the gold pieces he had received from the grand vizier that his uncle who would come in presently was not right in his mind but that if the druggist could manage to douche his head and back with cold water he would be all right for a week or two no sooner did the chief detective enter the shop than at a word from the apothecary the young men seized him and by means of a large squirt they did their utmost to effectively give him the salutary and cooling douche the more the detective protested the more the apothecary consolingly explained that the operation would soon be over and that he would feel much better and told of the numerous similar cases he had cured in a like manner the detective saw that it was useless to struggle so he abandoned himself to the treatment and in the meantime halid made off the chief detective was so disheartened that he went to the grand vizier and asked him to behead him as death was preferable to the annoyance he had received and might still receive at the hands of chapkin halid the grand vizier was both furious and amused so he spared the chief detective and gave orders that guards be placed at the twenty-four gates of the city and that halid be seized at the first opportunity a reward was further promised to the person who would bring him to the sublime port halid was finally caught one night as he was going out of the top copper cannon gate and the guards rejoicing in their capture after considerable consultation decided to bind halid to a large tree close to the guard-house and thus both avoid the loss of sleep and the anxiety incident to watching over so desperate a character 
this was done and halid now thought that his case was hopeless towards dawn halid perceived a man with a lantern walking toward the armenian church and rightly concluded that it was the beadle going to make ready for the early morning service so he called out in a loud voice beadle brother beadle brother come here quickly now it happened that the beadle was a poor hunchback and no sooner did halid perceive this than he said quick quick beadle look at my back and see if it has gone see if what has gone asked the beadle carefully looking behind the tree why my hump of course answered halid the beadle made a close inspection and declared that he could see no hump a thousand thanks fervently exclaimed halid then please undo the rope the beadle set about to liberate halid and at the same time earnestly begged to be told how he had got rid of the lump so that he also might free himself of this deformity halid agreed to tell him the cure provided the beadle had not yet broken fast and also that he was prepared to pay a certain small sum of money for the secret the beadle satisfied halid on both of these points and the latter immediately set about binding the hunchback to the tree and further told him on pain of breaking the spell to repeat sixty-one times the words eserti peserti sersepeti if he did this the hump would of a certainty disappear halid left the poor beadle religiously and earnestly repeating the words the guards were furious when they found bound to a tree a madman as they thought repeating incoherent words instead of halid they began to unbind the captive but the only answer they could get to their host of questions was eserti peserti sersepeti as the knots were loosened the louder did the beadle in despair call out the charmed words in the hopes of arresting them no sooner was the beadle freed then he asked god to bring down calamity on the destroyers of the charm that was to remove his hunch on hearing the beadle's tale the guards understood how their prisoner had secured his liberty and sent words to the chief detective this gentleman told the grand vizier of the unheard-of cunning of the escaped prisoner the grand vizier was amused and also very anxious to see this chopkin halid so he sent criers all over the city giving full pardon to halid on condition that he would come to the sublime port and confess in person to the grand vizier halid obeyed the summons and came to kiss the hem of the grand vizier's garment who was so favourably impressed by him that he then and there appointed him to be his chief detective End of chapter six